0: Somewhere you going kind of gotta start out with, you know, the game plan. You know, what what define what it really is. What do we want our culture to be? Do we want a culture of engagement? Do we want a culture of empowerment? Do we want a culture of performance-driven metrics? All right, whatever culture you feel is gonna make you successful, let's define what that is.
1: Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audio book, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off hey and welcome to the business mastermind podcast gavin here so glad that you can join us today jason richmond is my guest today jason is the author of cultural spark culture spark five steps to ignite and sustain organization growth um but as well as being an, an author jason is a successful entrepreneur and he's the ceo and founder of ideal outcomes inc and he's a business owner with more than 25 years of experience uh, in-demand keynote speaker, and he works closely with Fortune 500 leaders around the country. Now, I wanted to get Jason on the show because as we go into 2021, having a strong culture in your organization, I think, is going to be a real game changer and a differentiator yeah. in the marketplace for you. So, Jason, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Oh,
0: thank you, Gavin. I appreciate it. appreciate the opportunity to join you today. It's fantastic.
1: So. Tell our listeners a little bit more about your life journey, a bit about <laughs> background on you, and then we'll get on to talking about culture. Um,
0: I think my my life journey, um, you know, started at a young age, but I've been in I've been in this uh, professional culture development, human capital development uh, arena of my career the last twenty five years, and and it it really has been. Uh, a dynamic opportunity, and I started. I started my career off fairly young, actually living in Australia um, for three years abroad. Um, you know, just really getting. Uh, you talk about global culture and and you know how it impacts your everyday life, and then how that gets into work. It just increased the passion and my continuation to, to learn, if if you will. So you know, my whole career has been working with organizations from. Startups to midcap to Fortune 500 and 100 and anywhere from coaching to leadership development to, to communications to, to you know helping organizations or or business silos create dynamic cultures and 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 great work environments. Yeah. And um, I, I think one thing that's really different, Gavin. One one thing that I I describe myself as is a continuous learner. Right? There's there's nobody out there that has a silver bullet or the exact right answer. There's no one culture that's a cookie cutter that says this is the culture you have to have to be successful and uh, you know every day my goal is to learn something new Mm -hmm. and and that's how you know that's just a little bit of insight about me and this you know to have that open mind when you're working with companies and around culture it's that it's that eagerness to to change and evolve and 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 continually look you know what's made us successful here but what has to change so we can be successful going forward
1: and what is where's your sort of preferred sources of inspiration for learning do you listen to audio books and podcasts you read traditional paperback you know books
0: i do audible.com become my friend oh yeah (laughs) you know um i mean i do i try to I, I try to uh, you know, pick up a pick up and, and read or listen to a business book, you know, at least once a quarter. I'm I'm constantly, you know, writing and doing blogs on you know, things like Oracle and Forbes and, and, and my own website, um, ideal outcomes. Um, we're constantly doing, you know, research and client interviews and, and interviewing and, and talking to, you know, leaders within organizations that just say current and what's really going on in their world these days. I mean, you and I were just talking about that. The conversations we're having with clients are probably very similar. Right. Yeah. And and what does that mean? Right. So how do you yeah. how do you take yeah. that and how do you share those best practices and you know, spread those out to, you know, other projects that you're working in? So I mean I I, I think it's a whole aspect of continuous learning. It comes from a lot of different sources. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I'm intrigued by the the research that you do in the conversations um, you know, with a with the the leaders, of CEOs out out there in, in in the world of business, it's it's current. It's it's uh, very accurate, isn't it, as to what's really going on? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, you know a prime example in in our business environment now, and it happened to be this one industry. But um, you know, they have been so proud of the fact that you know they've gotten through two thousand twenty and getting through the the end of the year and everything and they haven't had any furloughs they haven't had any layoffs and you know they went back to the basics when they went to a remote workforce i mean they they come to the realization that their teams and their people didn't really have the technology at home sure. to to function and be productive so i mean you know what what they were doing on what you know their culture turned into we've got to just get to the basics and make sure everyone has all the tools they need and able to continually work have monitors on their desk right not working from a small you know laptop screen those types of things and and it was a it, it, it was a cultural lesson um because just taking notice and having having the the insight and and the ability to, to recognize that and to make sure everybody remotely had the tools they needed to, to be productive and be in a, in a good work environment, made a huge impact on the morale, on, on their ability to, to stay energized, uh, to stay engaged. Uh, it's such a simple example, but how many people probably have never thought about
1: that? <laughs> you know, it's funny, actually, that's the second time today, the, the conversation around a monitor on the desk at home for a member of it has made such a difference, you know, having that bigger yeah. screen, you know, on a really small laptop screen. And so- you you wouldn't have actually thought that that would be the thing that would create a big difference in terms of the morale and the engagement. But it, it's so, fascinating. It, That's twice in one day that comes that exact <laughs> examples come up.
0: So I mean, it, you know, you stay current. You say, you know, what's going on in in, in organizations, real life. I mean, uh, the the need the need for that middle that middle management, you know, to keep their teams engaged, keep their, keep their managers running, keep them informed. Um, leadership styles have changed a lot. I mean, we focus a lot of work on, you know, how do I take my, I'm an in-person sitting across the room or jump in a boardroom or, you know, get a roll up my sleeves and, and get in the middle of problem solving to now, how do I get comfortable communicating via zoom and, and, you know, you've got a lot of people that have Zoom burnout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so keeping them engaged and taking those conversations um, to, you know, doing those differently, just in your style to adapt to the world we live in, uh, it, it's a big transition for people.
1: So what have you seen as the biggest shifts in leadership style over the last year? Um, and I write about this a lot
0: in, in my book in regards to culture, um, but I, I think... The two biggest shifts that I've seen and, and I believe that are absolutely the most necessary are one is transparency yeah. um, in, in our communications, how we deal with people, the questions we ask them, the interest we take in our people's, you know, our employees and our team members, you know, lives in their current situations. Um, they have more external factors impacting their engagement and their life and their performance now than they've ever had before. Yeah. So as, as a leader, I need to be transparent and take the time to understand what those, what those distractions are and, and to authenticity. I mean, right now, um, and I think one of the biggest shifts is, is, you know, people know, people know when you're not real and, um, it, you know, we're in a, we're, we're in a, you know, we're coming down to the end of a, a year long pandemic, right? So, yeah. Yeah. you know, people, people want the real deal. They want yeah. the real story they want they want to have that level of trust to be engaged in that in that workforce so Gavin I, I you know I've been asked that question a couple of times, but I think those two factors I think are the two biggest impacting factors for leadership style shifting
1: whilst transparency and authenticity are so so important, I'm intrigued about hmm. the specific point that you made around. You're seeing more leaders taking a genuine interest in what's going on in the mm-hmm. world for the employees, um, mm-hmm. both in terms of their distractions that could take them away from work, but also their welfare, their, their, their well-being.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's and it doesn't take that much time or effort. Um, it's it's you just switching a little bit of the time that you're spending with those people. It's not like you're going to be adding. Hours and hours on your calendar to do this, but it's more of an incorporation of uh, you, know, you know performance review conversations, project update conversations, um, team meeting conversations. It's switching your agenda and your style, and 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 letting letting your people share some good news that's going on in their lives, right? And and taking interest in that good news. Mm. That's something. That's something I think has really been heightened that that's more important now than it ever has been. And you know, we, and, and, I, and I think, and, and I tell you what, um, the other thing that comes up, and, and this came out of uh, Delo- De- Deloitte's human capital report, the, um, and their research has just said this also, Gavin, the sense of belonging is at a, a, a new new level of importance. For the workforce today and that's what we're getting at with taking interest in their lives giving them a sense of belonging something that they feel passionate about they care you know they're cared for those types of things and 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 i'm not the only one saying that i mean that that sense of belonging i think is is at an extreme heightened importance
1: hey gavin here you love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. And what good examples have you seen of companies really creating that? belonging and making someone and their team members feeling that they belong? I
0: I think that, I mean, I've seen, I'm, I'm working with a company right now, and we we're really working on their business units culture of going to one of more, uh, more of empowerment, yep. right? Where, where they were all in the same office, they were all in the same room. They had, you know, they had huddles every day. Um, it was really easy for leadership to, to give a lot of, direction because they they were right there in a, in that confined space but now that they're spread out um, these leaders had to let go and and set the expectations and empower them to get that over the finish line or get them to the next step and you know have people come with fresh ideas and milestones and things instead of gathering solve the problem here's the answer move on and and it, it it's been fascinating because their people are stepping up.
1: And that, and that takes a that that takes trust, doesn't it, to be able to <laughs> yeah. to release some of that control. Yeah. Yeah, sure
0: does. But but again in that environment and, and shifting that culture, they always have a very close niche trust based culture. But what they found is in a total remote workforce is is that there was a bottleneck starting to form and people were waiting on you know the didn't have the confidence or the comfort level to move forward to things until they got that approval so that that level of empowerment had to get had to get funneled in there
1: individuals in a an organization who haven't been exposed to the responsibility of being empowered and taking decisions Mm -hmm. how how easily are they trans you know doing? Doing that transfer over into that new way of, or are they still very, very hesitant, waiting to be told, waiting for permission?
0: I, I, I really think it depends, Gavin, but I think it's, it comes back down to our communication style, our expectations, the support we're giving people. Um, it, you know, if, if, if you come out of a world where you haven't been empowered to do things, you know, the way I give projects as a leader has to change. Right. So I'll have a uh, when when I give a project to an individual or a group, a team of people. Let's talk about the expectations, but let's not walk away from the table until we get their ideas on how they're going to tackle this. So what are you going to do first? You know, Mm -hmm. what is going to be your next 30 day plan on this? What aspects or who else do you need to get involved in a project like this? And you get those answers up front and then they, they, they get an increased level of ownership to something like that. Does that make, does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. So, I, I mean,
0: that's the prime way of doing something like that. And, and some will be hesitant.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you have five steps um, in your book, Culture yeah. Spark, you have five steps that you use to just ignite and transform a culture. So we'd like yeah. to take us through those, those five steps.
0: Sure. And, and, Kevin, I really tried to keep this as simple as possible, and and the whole purpose of of this methodology and this process is that any leader, or manager, CEO, could could kind of pick up the book and and implement some of the tools and resources and and the steps in the process. And it starts with define. Um, I mean, I I can tell you several several examples of of when I've been working with 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 a company doesn't matter the size or the group. Um, but you start out by working with some high level leadership people to define what their culture is or, or what it should be. And let's say, you're working with a group of six, seven different people. A lot of times you'll get six or seven different definitions. So, you know, somewhere you kind of got to start out with, you know, the game plan, you know, what, what define what it really is. What do we want our culture to be? Do we want a culture of engagement? Do we want a culture of empowerment? Do we want a culture of performance driven metrics? All right. Whatever culture you feel is going to make you successful. Let's define what that is. And then and then go to diagnose Yep. and di- diagnose is taking a picture uh, diagnosing is taking a picture of, of what you currently have with your current people, your current structure, um, your current teams. Um, and, and we use surveys and assessments and there's a bunch of tools and resources walking around, culture interviews, uh, focus groups, all kinds of things you can do. Um, you can even go back and look at your engagement survey scores and your employee satisfaction scores. That all plays into it. But you've really got to do a diagnosis of where your people really are right now with, within your culture and that's step, that's step two. And then three, put together your plan. Mm-hmm. And, and that plan includes, you know, what we like to refer to as culture influencers. So think about, well, think about your clients. Think about the people you work with throughout the organization at all levels from individual contributors to senior leadership, there's powerful influential people. Mm-hmm. Um, within that organization, and and bringing bringing the diversity of role and 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 background and expertise into culture influence groups to help set plans and and attack and 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 figure out together what they need to change within the organization to evolve the culture that they want is is what our recommendation is and. We usually work with culture influence groups like that. We keep them small, 12 to 18 sizes, sometimes depending on the company. We do multiple groups. Um, but we try to meet with them like on a monthly or a bi-monthly type of thing for three hours and and really provide resources and guidance and direction and idea sharing, but ultimately these culture influence groups take responsibility of that plan. Right. Um, and and then, you know, part of that process takes you into four, the fourth step was measure it. Yep. I mean, there's, there's no one that's going to disagree any kind of corporate initiative or company initiative you do. If you don't have some measurement in, in play, uh, how are you going to know if you were successful or not? And, and then what kind of sustainment programs are we going to build and implement and, and do to keep that culture alive and keep it going, right? How many times have you worked with an organization and they got a big rollout a project like this and it just, it gets accepted as the flavor of the month? Um, uh, all too you, often. yeah this is just a flavor of the month well if you're going to really tackle culture um and and you really want to make a a tweak in your culture or or reform or refine it it can't be a flavor of the month Uh, again i go back to the authenticity and the transparency if that doesn't exist in this uh it's bound to fail
1: oh without a doubt actually it's your ability as a as a team or as leadership leading that change to convince yeah. people that it's not a flavor of the month, but it is here to stay and yep. going to be a new way of operating.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why, that's why we really target the culture influence groups, the culture influential people, um, you know, because influence people can influence good and bad.
1: <laughs> oh yes. Right?
0: And, and, but they're respected in the organization and they do, they, they do have the ability to influence the people around them and they're, their, their teammates and their, you know, their peers and their colleagues and, and so forth. So we really want to find the right people within an organization to help, to help really implement the plan that they put together to, to go after.
1: Yep. What do you think are the, the, other than remote working and COVID, what do you, what do you think is some of the challenges that business owners are going to face in 2021 regarding culture?
0: Um. I think there there I still think there's a little bit of a fear of the unknown with the economy and yeah. and the global economy and and where we're at and and I do believe the you know how you react to that how in tune you are in that uh, what industry you're in is is either going to allow you or prevent you from you know taking on initiatives and 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 doing that and I think I think that fear of our global economy is is going to it, it already has kicked in a little bit. Right. Yeah. And, but I, but I think, I think starting in the first quarter, we're going to see a little bit of that. I mean um, we see it in the news every day and, and decisions are being impacted by the unknown and that's just life.
1: <laughs> so having a resilient culture, having yep. a, a, a more upbeat, uh, positive uh, culture, it, I, I think it's going to be essential for, for success in 2021. You know, being able yep. to be adaptable. So, yep. how what are the practical things that you're advising your clients to do to to help their teams to be productive, positive, resilient for 2021 yep. and beyond?
0: And and a lot of our a lot of our engagement, Gavin, has been around the word pivot. And yep. and when I when we're working with teams and we get groups of people together on Zoom, on GoToMeeting, on WebEx, whatever. Uh, we, we focus on key aspects of the business that need to possibly be pivoted, do something differently. Um, is, it, is, is it time to, to shift how we've done something in the past? And what, what are our pivot points? And we, even as simple as looking at some of our policies and procedures, do they make sense in today's world? Do we have to pivot some of those? So we, we, we find, we really help work with key business aspects of a group of their responsibilities where they're at and find pivot points. And then, and then how do we build a business case? How do we, we work with them to build that business case to put that structure together, to make that proposal, to make that presentation, you know, to take ownership of that pivot and then, and then drive it forward. I, did that answer, does that answer your question? I mean, that's just an example that comes to mind. And it could yeah. be a simple policy. It could be a procedure. It could be anything.
1: It could be a yeah, new product. I guess what I'm looking for is to to for leaders for business owners to say these are things that they could do between now and early January, or or you know in, in early January, to to really set the cultural direction of their business up to succeed in 21. Hmm.
0: Well, I would. Um, if 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 I was coaching or, or working with a with a group of leaders or 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 a leader, I would I would jump to step two of my process right now and do some diagnosis. Yep. Right. Because I guarantee people's mindset on my team, if I have a team of twelve people, I guarantee you their mindset is quite different than it was a year ago. Mm, yes. And if I haven't taken the time to have real culture interviews or you know culture conversations and do some di- diagnosis with my team I I think I could be swinging and missing so to speak I I, I want to know where they are right now and that's where I would start and, and matter of fact I do that we, we going into this first quarter it's going to be one of the things we do with art with with my team I
1: mean we're going to
0: Take that time to really take a pulse on where every individual on my
1: team is at, and that also speaks to the authenticity and to the transparency piece. So, absolutely, taking time towards the end of the year or the beginning of the year to to talk to check in with your team members to see how they are to have a cultural touch point. I, I, let me just an analogy to that.
0: And I was just working with a sales organization the other day, and, and um, it, was, it was an idea that I just threw out. It says, well, you know, how religious are you in, in hosting your annual client review meetings? I mean, direct client feedback on how your company is doing for them and, and how you're supporting them and your products and your services and your pricing and everything else. And, and the sales leader just said, Well, we don't, we don't, that's not a deliberate thing we do. Right. And, and I, so then I asked the simple question I says, Well, what is your, you know, are you happy with your client retention rate? Yeah. Well, the answer is no, it's not. Right. So I relate that to any leader in an organization doing a, doing a, doing a culture review with all your people. And, and right now, your, your turnover rate might be okay because people are just you know in the state we're in, but will it be six months from now? So it, it, it's no different than doing a client review, reviewing your, your support and your services and the value you bring client, a manager or a leader needs to do that value review that they're giving to their people.
1: And what does that look like? Like a, a, a group conversation on Zoom or one-to-one or both? I'd say
0: both. I, I, I would do it both.
1: You, you know, it's, it, it's,
0: it's great to have the whole team and things like that. You don't get everybody participating all the time. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of dynamics in that. I think you got to have that team commodity, you know, all come together. But, but you really need to focus something like that and that review on a one-on-one situation.
1: Yeah. Um, and what do you see as the main reason why cultural initiatives fail? A um, uh, couple things.
0: One, they're they're treated like the month flavor of the month. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to strive through this. But you know what? Then business gets in the way, or mm-hmm. my job gets in the way, or oh. this deadline gets in the way, and and things kind of get less and less of a priority. And if you don't have that level of commitment within the organizations with this influencing group, and they're not empowered to get to do this, um, most likely it'll, it'll fail. Um, this is a touchy subject. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I like to hit it head on, but I've seen a lot of culture initiatives, initiatives fail because of ego.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Some, some, you know, some people within an organization, some leaders and stuff, their egos are creating real cultural blind spots, leadership blind spots. And, and if they, you know, if you can't check that to the door and really self-evaluate and see where the group is and, 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 you know, take, take news appropriately or information appropriately, it, it could really cause a cultural initiative to fail. Um, I don't mind talking about ego. I think it's a real thing that needs to be addressed in, in,
1: in real life. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And, uh, back to that point about authenticity, then the more a leader can be self-aware enough about the part that their ego plays in their leadership style and the decisions that they make, that the better the fellowship and the better they will be as a leader.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just and again, you talk about some blind spots. I mean, I was working with an organization the other day where, you know, we're in remote workforce now and everything. So, you know, unless it's a meeting at a board level or 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 a certain level of, of importance, it, you know, you don't have to sit in front of your Zoom with your sport coat and your tie on, that type of stuff. Um, so it got rolled out. And everyone, you know, we're working from home, we're working remotely, it, it, you know, dress appropriately. Um, however, the executive team, you cannot get on any Zoom calls without a tie-on. Oh, really? It, so it, that was a big blind spot there. Yeah. So now, so, so it didn't make a big change for a lot of the participants and a lot of the contributors. They, they'd still put their tie-on if one of those executives was going to do that meal that, that mm-hmm. meeting because then they felt yeah. like they were going to be judged
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so that's what i'm talking about some with a you know and it, it's so simple you know and it, it but you just just didn't see it that way
1: that's fascinating because these uh on zoom calls i've observed over the course of the year quite a change in the business wardrobe yeah but, but that's okay you'd seen this being mm-hmm. part of part of that so you, know, you rarely see so, people having to wear a shirt and tie yeah
0: yeah so, I mean, I, I have two, and we all have, and that's kind of an extreme example, but that, that's an example of that blind spot out there of, yeah. of the message it sends.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, th- when you see businesses that have done um, merger and acquisition activity, um one of the most common reasons for the synergies not to be, the savings not to be realized through that merger or acquisition is, is culture as in they've not been able to align or merge uh, two businesses so that can create one new culture. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what are some practical tips that if you are bringing whether it be a new team, a new organization into mm-hmm. the fold, what are some practical things you can do to, to create the right culture rather than the legacy culture being smashed into the existing one
0: yeah i would i would go back to the process and that's why we developed this five step process i would go back cuz cuz when when two companies merge when they when when two groups come together they're no longer group a and group group b hmm. they're now group c
1: yeah yeah
0: right so go back to define so what do we want our culture to be, right? Then when we get to diagnose, we can talk about what group A's culture was or what, and what group B's culture was, right? And, and that type of stuff and, and plan to tweak and change, but you're bringing, you're forming a new group and that group has to go back to that defined stage and, and really define what is their purpose? Why are they here? And, and it starts with that. I mean, I, like, I love Simon Simic's, you know, the power of why, Right. And I, I I call it purpose. Right. So what is our purpose? We start that with every conversation with define. And, and once we all can agree on what our true purpose is, then it's going to be easier for us to kind of define what type of culture we need to be. And we want to have.
1: Yeah. 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 Great. Jason, if anybody wants to find out more about your book, Culture Spark uh, by Jason Richmond, Mm -hmm. or to find out um, what, uh, Ideal Outcomes uh, can do for them and their business. How do they do that?
0: IdealOutcomesInc.com, um, LinkedIn, just Jason Richmond, um, or Ideal Outcomes. You're going to find me there. Amazon's got the book, um, Culture Spark, uh, Jason Richmond. Um, but I think I, I think between LinkedIn and the, and the website, um, you know, there's tons of different resources and thought leadership and things things that could be easily used.
1: Jason, thank you so much for your time today.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.